Hello, my name is Ian Bunce. I'm one of the pastors at Romford Baptist Church and I will be leading this worship. And later in the service, Jiddy, another of the pastors, is going to be bringing God's word. Wherever you find yourself watching this service, may you know God's presence with you. The psalmist in Psalm 16 says these words, Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. May you know God's presence with you right now. May you know the refuge of God surrounding you. And our first hymn is that great hymn, How Great Thou Art. O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder. Let us pray together. Then sings my soul, my Saviour God to thee, how great thou art. And Lord, right now we want to magnify you and praise you for your greatness that's beyond our comprehension or our understanding. That greatness that reaches down to where we are and loves us with a love that is greater than any love we can experience anywhere else. We thank you, Lord, because you are a majestic and an almighty and an ever-caring, loving God. And at this time, Lord, we just come to take refuge in you, to come close to you. Be with us at this time of worship. Be with us right now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm reading the whole of Psalm 16 now. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is my delight. Those who run other, after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out liberations of blood to such gods or take their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at the night my heart instructs me. I will keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. Nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make, the path to me, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Our next song is that song, Broken Vessels. And many of us feel that like we're broken. And just in this song, may the words just minister to you that we know God is our refuge and God is our security. And we pray again, Lord, we just thank you that in our brokenness you are the redeeming God, the restoring God. You are the God who understands where we are right now. You don't judge, you don't destroy, 
you come to heal, to forgive, to bring wholeness. Lord, we confess at times we have failed you and failed ourselves. And Lord, we know your forgiveness has come as we have confessed. But Lord, at times we have struggled to let go ourselves. And we have become slaves to our past. Lord, right now in this time of worship, I pray that you will release us from our slavery to our past and that we will become free. In the words of the New Testament, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free and therefore we should never be slaves again. Lord, right now I pray freedom to all who are watching this. Freedom to all who feel captives. Lord, may your freedom overwhelm people by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. We have that song, I'm no longer a slave. Hopefully you have received the notices uh, by email. If not, you can always email into the office at office at romfordbaptist.org.uk and Ruth will send them out to you on request. If you are watching this and are not a regular receiver of our notice sheet, just feel free to send us an email for that and Ruth will make sure that you get it in future. One of the aspects of worship that is really important to the church but to us as individuals is that of giving to God. And as we just come to a time of offering within our services, we're going to spend a few moments listening to that song, Let Him Reign. And as we listen, we can consider while giving, maybe actually do the giving online or through the banks. The details are on the notice sheet. And they're also on this page where you are watching this service. A time to consider our giving to God, our offering as we listen to this song, Let Him Reign. Let us give thanks to God for our gifts. And Father God, we thank you for all the gifts you give to us. And Lord, at this time of worship, as we have given to you, may you, Lord, Take these gifts and use them for your glory. And for our resources that you have given to us that we've not passed on, Lord, may we use them to show up your love to others, to reach out to the needy. Take all of our possessions, all that we are, and use us for your glory, we pray. Amen. And we continue in a prayer of intercession and I'm reading using several scriptures from the Psalms and I will say those words, Lord, in your mercy, and you might want to reply in your home, hear our prayer or hear my prayer, whichever you feel. So let us pray. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Trusting in God's care for his children, 
We pray in the name of Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. The psalmist in Psalm 36 says, Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heaven, your faithfulness to the clouds. We pray for those who are unwell, particularly those unwell due to coronavirus. In your compassion, grant them strength and healing. In this moment of prayer, we recall to you, Lord, privately, all those we know who need a touch from you at this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Psalm 20 says, In the day of trouble you answer us, O Lord, and you protect us. You send us help and give us support. We pray for all who minister to the sick throughout our health service, that they may renew their strength in you and be channels of restoration and renewal for all who suffer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we pray for the anxious. And Psalm 34 says, You are near to the brokenhearted, O Lord, and you save the crushed in spirit. We pray for all who are anxious about loved ones, friends and neighbours, those who are anxious about things they are facing. Help them, Lord, to trust in you and be steadfast in hope. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we pray for the lonely and isolated. Psalm 23 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. We pray for all who feel isolated or alone, that they may experience your loving presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the strong and for the vulnerable. Psalm 113 says, Lord, you raise the poor and lift the needy. We pray, Lord, that you would inspire those who are strong to care for the vulnerable and to serve them in love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Psalm 137 says, as we pray for the church, how can we sing your song, O Lord, in these strange times? 
We pray for your church who longs to praise you throughout this strange and confusing time. Through your creative spirit, fire our imaginations to proclaim your unchanging love in new ways. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those in authority. Psalm 55, we cast our burdens upon you, O Lord, and you sustain us. We pray for all in authority who face difficult decisions that affect the lives of many. Grant them wisdom and courage. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we pray for those engaged in research. Psalm 147. O Lord, you are great and abundant in prayer. Your understanding is beyond measure. We pray for all engaged in research who are seeking to develop a vaccine and remedies for the virus. Grant them wisdom, understanding and effectiveness in their endeavours. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For traders and employees, the psalmist says, Lord, you are the light of our salvation. Whom shall I fear? You are the stronghold of our life. Of whom shall we be afraid? We pray for traders, employers and businesses who are fearful of the future. That their business may be secure, jobs protected and families supported. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And for those who face hardships, the psalmist in Psalm 145 says, The eyes of all look to you, and you give them food in due season. Lord, we pray for all those facing hardships, that you would support and sustain them, we remember also those who seek to fulfil Christ's command to one another through the work of food banks and charities and through acts of simple kindness. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we pray for those in education. Psalm 29 says, Lord, you give strength to all your people and you bless them with peace. We pray for all in education at this uncertain time. Inspire those who feel bored or directionless. Protect the vulnerable and give fresh hope to the dismayed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
and we remember those who have died. Psalm 16 says, Lord, you show the, me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. With sadness we remember those who have lost their lives due to coronavirus or other causes in this last while. In this silence we remember them before you. Give us thankful hearts for the privilege of knowing them and strengthen our faith in your Son who died for us and rose again in glory that we might share in his victorious life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we pray for those who are grieving. Psalm 62 says, O God, for you alone my soul waits in silence, for my hope is from you. You alone are my rock and my salvation and my fortress. We pray for those who weep and mourn, that they may find comfort and hope in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of life, in this time of crisis for our families and communities, our nation and our world, we turn to you in faith to seek guidance and receive your blessing, knowing that nothing in all creation can separate us from your love, made known to us in your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. We ask this in the name of him who took our infirmities bore our diseases, who suffered the cross and rose again triumphant. For he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Amen. We are reading from Genesis chapter 8 I'm going to just use the last verse of chapter 7 the waters flooded the earth for a hundred and fifty days but God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and livestock that were with him in the ark and he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heaven had been closed and the rain had stopped falling from the sky the waters receded steadily from the earth. At the end of 150 days, the waters had gone down. And on the 70th day of the seventh, sorry, the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to recede until the 10th month. And on the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains became visible. After 40 days, Noah opened the window he had made in the ark and sent out the raven, and it kept flying back and forth until the waters had dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove to see if the waters had receded from the surface of the ground, but the dove, dove could not find anywhere to perch because there was no water over the surface of the earth, so it returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand and took the dove and brought it back into the ark. 
He waited seven more days and then again he sent the dove out from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, there was a, in its beak a freshly plucked, plucked olive leaf. Then Noah knew the waters had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and sent the dove out again. But this time it did not return to him. And just one verse from 1 Peter chapter 2. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. May God bless this reading of his word and our understanding as we come to listen to Jiddy preaching. But before that, we just have that simple song, Speak, O Lord. When we lost my mother-in-law, uh, we are really, really very, very grateful. Thank you for the love you shared. Uh, and I also want to thank my dear brother, Uncle Sam today, and Sister Shadila Wani for following every bit of the program. Thank you so much. Um, now to the task which I've been asked to do this morning. You know, as a preacher, your life is made much easier if you are given a topic. You know, you just walk around the topic. Uh, but when Pastor Yen said, choose your own topic, then it becomes much more difficult. And um, as a result, since the start of all this COVID-19 pandemic, especially in the month of May, something has been going through my mind. And when I was asked to pick a topic, I believe so much that the Holy Spirit brought this back to my mind that, yes, share this with the people of God. And therefore, I'll be sharing with you with, I mean, a top, a sermon that I've titled, What is Life All About? Have you ever sat down and look, whether you were 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, and just review and ask what is this life all about? Is it about coming to earth? Have you been born by your parents? Then you were sent to school, primary, secondary, A-levels, university, whichever way you, whichever route you have taken in life. And then you want to settle down with a family or you decide, no, I don't want to marry. You start to walk clubbing, doing everything. Have you ever sat down? Is this all life about? Is this what life is about? I have thought of that many times. And I want to look at it. Is there any distinguishing factor between those of us who call ourselves Christians who have, 
who, who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord, and to those who believe there is no God at all. Is there any distinguishing factor? How do you take life? And what do you think life is all about? And that takes me to another word, which is called purpose. Purpose. So, am I in this world by an accident? Or am I here for a defined purpose? And for me or for you to be able to answer this question, you have got to recognize first your identity. Is your identity in God or somewhere else? Is your identity in God or somewhere else? Let me first choose the latter. Those who believe their identity is not in God, what is their purpose? Then they begin to pursue anything that can give them satisfaction. Anything that will give them satisfaction. It could be ambition for power. It could be ambition for wealth, for position. Or it could even stem from an ambition for sexual desires. Anything that will satisfy them. On the other hand, if your identity is in God, then what is it that you have to think about? Revelations 4 verse 11, Revelations 4 verse 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So, you could say, we were created for God's satisfaction. And that is different from the humanistic view that believe, yes, I am created to satisfy my will, to satisfy my ambition. So if you are, if you are created for God's satisfaction, I want to believe God has a, a clear pathway, a defined pathway for you in life. In the same way, you will pick the underground map tube and you can see whichever line, whether circle line or central line or district line, you will see the pathway where it starts and when it ends. Do you believe that same thing is for you if you're a child of God? God has a defined pathway for you. Because you are unique. You are special because you are a child of God. Psalm 8, 4 to 5, 
Psalm 8, 4 to 5. It says, What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. That is who you are. You are special to God. You are special to God. And therefore you have a clearly defined pathway. Children of God, but what do we have? Let me give you a good analogy of what we can see. Let's take, for example, district line, starting from Upminster, and it's to end, let's say, Ealing Broadway. It has its own pathway that it needs to travel through. But along the lines, it has to stop at different stations. And when, you get, when the train gets to junctions, you will see there are paths that cross. And that is why my path is crossing with yours. And that is why we are here. But what happens if the train decides to follow another pathway and say, no, I don't like this pathway. I prefer that one. What is going to happen? It's going to be an accident because it has left the defined pathway which God has set for him. In life too, we have our defined pathway. And as the train continues to go, what happens? It has to be in constant touch with the signaler. Because if there is a loss of signal, I'm sure you all hear, the train will no more move because there is signal failure. And everything grinds to a halt. In life, as we go through that pathway, what about the signal with our maker? Is it still working? Is there interference? Are we in constant touch with our maker? Or have we decided to even leave the pathway and follow another? Let us look at the scripture that was read to us, Genesis 8, 1 to 12. This was a story of Noah and his household and all the animals that Noah was asked to put into the ark. Noah, God gave Noah a specific purpose, a work to do, because God knew he was going to destroy the entire world and therefore expected Noah and all those that are in the ark after the destruction, they will be the one to make life continue. Rain fell continuously for 150 days, five months. And up till the 10th month, the coast wasn't still very clear. So, if we are talking about pandemic, we were... Asked not to go out maybe for three months or four months. The case of Noah was much far worse. You can imagine being in the same place, in the ark, 
for more than a year. Because if you add everything up together, Noah was in the ark for one year, 15 days. Just do your calculations. So which means we are looking at something over 365 days sealed in the ark. That's much worse than the pandemic we are having now. God has made the world to undergo those changes to fit in for becoming the residence of man under a new economy of providence. And when the rain ceased, Noah did not just go to open the door. He exercised some safety precautions. He just did not open the door and say, yes, rain has ceased now. Because if he had done that, what would have happened? Water would have gushed into the hack and would have completely destroyed what God had planned. Noah exercised some safety precautions. And the first thing he did was to send out a bird called Raven. Few weeks back, Pastor Yen preached on mental health issues. One of the purpose, or one of the purposes why we are here on earth is to take good care of yourself and those God has put in your care because their destinies are attached to yours. Noah did not just open the door of the ark. It took safety precautions. Therefore, we need to take good care of ourselves, of the people God has put in our care, whether close ones, whether they are far away, remember when you go out of here. Even making, picking up your call to say hello to someone, you are doing God's will. Noah took safety precautions. And if we go to verse 6 of the scriptures, the first thing Noah did was to send out a bird called Raven. Raven was sent out. And the plan of Noah was, if I send a bird out, if there is nowhere for the bird to lay its feet on, it will come back. Then I have an idea that yes, the water has not really gone down. But what did Raven do? I tried to study more. What is this bird called Raven? What does it do? And the scripture says, I mean the dictionary or Google says, the Raven is a bird of prey which feeds on carrion, the dead carcasses. 
Noah expected the raven to go out. And if he cannot find anywhere to lay his feet to come back. But some Bible commentators said, the raven found the carcasses of man and other dead animals on the top of mountains and sat upon it for food and returned not. The raven was sent out for a particular purpose. But when the raven got out there, what did he see? This is food. Why do I have to go back in there? And he started to eat and forgot the purpose for which it was sent. Just as you have in a football team, the manager will have the first 11 and we have substitutes on the bench. When Raven failed to come back, when Raven failed in the assignment given to it, what happened? Noah again sent another bed out after seven days. Genesis 8 verse 8. The scripture says, He also sent forth a dove from him seven days after he had sent out the raven to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. What type of bed is the dove? Google says, the dove is a creature that delights in cleanliness, flies low, and goes far off, so that if it returns not again, it might conclude that the waters were gone off the earth. But being a sociable creature, and familiar to men, and especially loving to its mates, if they were not gone off, it will certainly return again. That is the dove. The dove was sent out. He understood the purpose. And when the dove could not find anywhere to lay its, its legs or its feet, what happened? It came back to Noah. And Noah knew that the water had not subsided. And therefore, used his hands to bring the dove inside the ark. The dove is, by nature, very clay. Knew that the waters could be dirty. The dove never compromised. The dove did not Pursue its own ambition, but pursued the purpose of the sender. So what happened? It came back. In verse 10, after seven days again, Noah again sent out the dove. And when the dove got out there, on its way back, what happened? It plugged an olive, olive branch. And that is why today, when you see an olive branch, they say the person is trying to make what? Make peace. The raven was sent out. The raven failed completely. 
The dove was sent out. The dove understood the purpose, the plan, and the dove executed it very well. My brothers and sisters, you are not here by an accident. You are here to fulfill God's purpose. So the question I will, I will ask you this, are you a dove or you are a raven? Before you answer that question, let me remind you of God's purpose for you. 2 Corinthians 5.20 2 Corinthians 5.20 It says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. You are Christ's ambassador. While you are here on the heart, in your home, at work, on the streets, wherever you go, because your identity is in God, you are not there. You are representing Christ. First Peter 2 9. What does it tell us? But you are a chosen people. You have been chosen. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. God's special possession that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. That is your purpose. It's good to have cars. It's good to have houses. It's good to have children. It's good to have everything that life can give you. But that is not your purpose. Children of God, your purpose in life is to be Christ's ambassador. Wherever you are, on the streets, in your home. God has called you out of darkness. You are therefore to be the light in the dark world. You are not expected to compromise. You are not expected to follow your own pathway. A train that decides to go will have to go into another pathway, what is the time called? The train has derailed. Have you derailed? Have you gone off the path which God has set for you? Have I gone off the path which God has set for me? Jesus in John chapter 4 verse 34 says, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. The purpose of God for you is to do the will of him who sent you. 
Are you pursuing God's purpose? Or you are pursuing your own purpose? Do you believe God is too slow and therefore you want to move faster than God? Children of God, let me remind you of what happened. King Saul was selected, was chosen by God. He was anointed to be king of Israel. But when King Saul disobeyed God, God rejected him. God is loving, but God can also be decisive. The Spirit of God left King Saul, but he was still on the throne. So, do you still have the Spirit of God walking in you? It's your signal with God still very functional and operational. Or are you like them that says, Oh, when we were still strong Christians, It is only the person who has lived a purposeful life that will say, like Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have run a good race. When we sing that song in Christ alone, verse 4, and the first line of verse 4 says, no guilt in life, no fear in death. It is only the person who has lived a purposeful life in line with God that can sing that song. But there is still hope because you are still living. You can retrace your steps back if you have derailed. It is only those who are dead Sealed. Nothing to be done again. But because you are still living, you can still come back to God. God wants you and he's saying, come son. Come daughter. I love you. I died for you. Come back to me. This is what I have designed for you. He wants you to become a person whom he has created you to be. And therefore, stop copying another person. Stop copying another person. You are unique. You are special. You are wonderfully created. You have your purpose. Stay in line with your purpose. God loves you. If your signal is having interference because you have derailed. Here is an opportunity. You can still make amends. Life is not all about dining, whining, clubbing, having families. 
It's all about living according to how God has proposed it. Children of God, that is what God has laid in my heart to share with you. If you are here or you are at home and you feel touched by this message, we can pray together now. I'm not asking you to stand up wherever you are. Just talk to God. Let us bow down our heads in prayer and talk to God. God, I know I've derailed it. God, I know I've not done your will. I've pursued my own personal plans. I've not listened to you. I've disobeyed you. I am sorry, Lord. I know you love me. God, please bring me back home. Help me to follow you. Help me to do your will so that at the end I can say when the race is complete stay my lay shall repeat yet not I but through Christ in me in Jesus name Amen Thank you for being with us at RBC at this time and may God bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and give you his peace. Amen.